0: I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's dot com slash own your style. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact, whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting, waiting and it could reactivate at any time and while not everyone at risk will develop shingles it strikes as a painful blistering rash that can last for weeks think you're not at risk for shingles it's time to wake up because shingles could wake up in you if you're over 50 talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention
0: I was glad I came back. I miss the humor. Even right now, it's a different type of outlet. It's a different type of humor that I miss. It's running commentary. You can be judgmental. Humor always wins with the exception of saying something inappropriate or racist or off color or something politically incorrect. Correct, humor wins, and I like to be free in that way. I don't like to be trapped. I didn't like to do a talk show. I don't like to do a lot of formatting, a lot of formatted shows, I like that. What I don't like about it is, and it's not the women not supporting women, because it's frankly every woman for themselves on those shows, and when people leave the shows, they're not friends with each other anymore, you have to have allies, You, you you end up having enemies you would never have had were you not on that show. You have cross-franchise enemies because of things you're commenting on. This is a challenging workplace thing. I've had people that I used to be friends with air something about me on Watch What Happens Live, and I'm reading it for the first time in print. It happened recently twice. That's the name of this game. You get into it. If you have a friend who's also in this league, it's going to be challenging. If you go on a show with someone in this league, find me somebody who's gone the distance, okay? Teresa was enemies with Danielle. Then she became good friends with Danielle. Teresa was good friends with Dina. Then that broke up. Best friends with Caroline Manza. That broke up. Nene came in with Kim Zolziak. That broke up. I came in with Jill. That broke up. I became friends with Carol. That broke up. Carol was best friends with Tinsley. That broke up. This is the nature of this beast. Let's just not disguise it as women supporting women because I have had my best friends for 30 years. 30. Sarah LaCharlotte, caller in Miami since high school Terry Gavinson Amy was my college roommate these are my real friends you do not this is not a place to make friends and nurture relationships okay second of all when I started like I said that we were not we were doing our own makeup and New York give them credit for them for some of the time they still do I came back after three seasons and getting that money I got from Andy and I walked into the Berkshires and I saw there a glam squad in the Berkshires I saw Somebody come down in a ball gown. I was like, what the fuck is going on? People were wearing costumes. People were getting glam five days a week. I was coming back. I had more money than anyone. I'd been on the cover of Forbes magazine. I was not going to get my makeup done. It's not real. What are we doing? I used to call Andy and be like, can we not talk about the fact that people have glam squads? But I was behind the times. I didn't know that that's what this show had become. Actresses, makeup, probably 75% of the Beverly Hills cast. That was just different. It used to be Civilians. I wasn't going to be able to be on the show because I had a pre-existing television career from The Fucking Apprentice. Now we have actresses. I thought it was crazy that people had glam squads. I I did a crossover twice at Beverly Hills. I said to Lisa Rinna, who never used to have wigs and like different personas. She just had her short haircut and her normal clothes and jewelry. She had a shift like Victoria Beckham or Rolla Marie dress every single time. And I looked and I, what the fuck? Kyle, too, was doing her own makeup. Erica Jane. God, give her all the credit in the world. She walked in with her costumes and her over-the-top glam and stuff like that, you know, paid for by God knows who, separate conversation. And then Dorit came, you start to see the hairstyles and the ponytails and the, the, mo, you know, the crazy stuff and the barrettes. And then Kyle came in, you know, then Lisa, it's fucking crazy over there. You, I mean, you see the way that Garcelle d- decks out because she's, Denise Denise Richards walked in thinking she was on like some sort of a sort of reality show where you just dress like you normally dress. And everyone looked at her like, what the fuck are you wearing? Because we're all wearing ball gowns on a private balcony on a vacation. What are you doing? So like I wasn't part of that world. I never wear makeup. I never I wear sweatpants. That was my reality. You know, because I was on TV, maybe I got a little more dressed, but not for the interviews. I was wearing jeans and a sweater. Now you're like wearing La Faux, like crazy Le Cirque de Soleil costumes. So that it, the game has changed. Everybody has to have long acrylics, price tags of their bags, space, space Star Wars hairdos every day, clothes. You're spending three times your, your salary on, on, on glam. They say that Erica Jane makes $600,000 a season. Erica Jane said that she spent $50,000 a month just on glam. $600,000 was her glam budget, $600,000 was what she was making. But the government takes out part of that $600,000 she was making. To pay $600,000 in glam, you have to make in her tax bracket like a million dollars a year. Let's get to the wardrobe. That's probably the same price. So she has to make $2 million a year to cover that nut. So I don't know where the hell that money was coming from. I'm just saying the game has gotten to be different. So when people ask me on Twitter, why don't I come back to the housewives? It's a big question. If I can come back to the housewives and have it be the fresh, free non-everybody placing every item, non-everybody w- dressing in costumes, non-everybody being so controlled, so PC, so terrified, non-everybody having to go on Watch What Happens Live and fuck over your friends, but in a cute way of saying it, just some way of spilling a little bit of tea, you know, for the gotcha moment, a little bit of just, you know, being part of a poll that's going to tell you what a loser you are and just like, you know, put your gloves on because you've got a kill or be killed at a reunion, if I can go back to the Housewives and just meet Alex McCord and Simon for the first time and Jill Zarin and and Ramona and, you know, just laugh and have it be fresh and natural, give me whatever that format is, yes, then I will go back to the Housewives. But for now, with this fucking giant 1.2 million in glam circus where everything is also not everything where so much of is bullshit too people's houses are not their own houses they're renting the cars are half the time rented it's all show and no go so you give me a real authentic somewhat real and authentic the cars were rented first season of housewives in new york and there's always going to be fronting and stunting but if there could be some element of authenticity that i can cling on to and not feel like i'm going to go shoot for 4 months make fuck ton of money. I'm sorry for Erica's loss with what she's being paid to do that because she deserves a lot more. When I tell you I was getting paid a lot, lot more, I was. But she deserves every fucking penny she's making because she is getting killed eight months of the year to do those four months of shooting. So it's a battleground. It's a battlefield. And every penny that every one of those housewives earn, uh, makes, they are earning because they're getting crushed in the press all year long and taken hits by the court of public opinion. So now you know what would get me back to the Housewives. Today's guest is my friend, Stacey Bendit, the co-founder, CEO, and creative director of Alice and Olivia. She is terrific. She has a reputation for... Just being such a hard worker, being a creative, being passionate, being strong. She she packs a punch in this little body. She's beautiful inside and out. She's a great mom. She's so loyal to her partner, Andrew Rosen, of over 20 years, just constantly giving him the credit, the accolades, their 50-50 partners in this incredible brand, Allison Olivia, that has been around for a long time. She loves being creative, and she has found success by making that the focus of her career. She shares with me her biggest advice, do what you're good at and know when to hire people that can do other jobs better than you. Like many of us, she's had to change her definition of success over the last year and has figured out a way to thrive during the pandemic, and she's always rising to a new challenge. I can't wait for you to hear her story and she is also a terrific philanthropist. So I can't say enough about her. Hi. Hi. Uh, wait, you look so cute. So, do you dress up every day? Yes. Oh, I'm so jealous! Like you, you get up every day, you put makeup on, and you put on like a cute. You put on a cute outfit every day, no matter what's going I on. I get dressed up every day. I don't wear makeup
3: every day. Um, you know, my skin is sensitive, and so I'll do just kind of you know my hair pulled back in a bun. But I like every day have on. I like to get dressed, even in Malibu through the pandemic. Everyone would laugh at me because I'd still be dressed up.
0: Even in your house, if you weren't seeing anyone.
3: Yeah, like even if I'm in sort of like. Like, flip-flops or sandals or whatever. Like, I'm still... It's an outfit. Yeah, an outfit. I love it. It makes me happy.
0: My daughter's exactly like you. My daughter will just... All of a sudden, I'll hear her in the shower and then she'll come out with the cute little fuzzy half-top and some wide leg jeans. And I'll be like, where are you going? Nowhere. In the middle of the...
3: Just nowhere. My middle daughter is like that. My youngest is, I'm not sure yet, cause she's only in kindergarten, but my oldest will only wear sweats, like never dresses up. I have to drag her out of the sweats. I'm like, what, like, how did this happen?
0: I'm that girl until there's, if there's a thing to go to, then I'm like, wow, I'm going to wear some of these amazing clothes I have. It's really weird. It's, it's it's almost a, like, a it's a crazy thing. I have this thing, but I I, I envy that. So, you have an incredible business, um, and I believe that they're like Skinny Girl, but more so. Many people f- know of the brand Skinny Girl, but have don't know about me, and certainly many people don't connect them. So it has to be that the majority of followers of your brand know what Alice and Olivia are, meaning just the international just fan don't even know who you are versus the brand. I know. I get, um, you know, very often, you
3: know, from either the press or from, you know, other people in fashion, they're like, people want to know you more. They want to know more about you. And I use Instagram for that a little bit, right? Like I use it to give a little glimpse inside my world and what I'm doing and my friends. But I also just love to design. I love making clothes. I love creating things. And that's always been more of what I love than being at the forefront of the brand, which I know we've talked about even in our friendship through the past, you know, I'd be asked to do certain things on TV or whatever. And I'd always be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And cause to me, it's really about creation, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, Instagram's been a funny thing because in a way, like sometimes you forget how many people are watching what you're doing on that. So that's been a little bit more of a uh, you know, a sort of way for me, I think, to share a little bit of my world and what I'm doing and what we're doing as a brand um, without feeling like I'm out there in a way that makes me un- uncomfortable.
0: And even talking to you for the few minutes in what you just said, then it being on television in that way is absolutely not for you. And particularly now in what reality television has evolved into, it's definitely not for you. So I think that's wise. And you have to know Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. Right. And I think that
3: for me, like, I I actually don't mind doing television when I'm teaching or inspiring or, you know, sort of, you know, doing things that support women or a charity or, you know, talking about a, a serious, you know, sort of passion or cause or event or just even inspiring people to, like get into fashion and be designers and be creative and do what they love. But when it's a little bit more of a like philanthropic purpose, right? I understand with intent. Intent. And that's how I kind of think about, you know, everything when I put myself in front of the brand or at the forefront of the brand, it's, it's with intent. It's either to support what we're doing as a brand or to support women in general.
4: So do what you can to help join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. snagajob.com where America goes to hire.
0: Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I be strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Barriqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a -a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com What percentage of what you wear is your own brand? Oh, my God. Almost all of it. So I'll wear
3: other brands' shoes and sunglasses because we really only make like one or two, you know, kind of pairs of shoes a season. Um, and I'll wear, you know, other brands' bags and, and things like that. Um, but I almost entirely wear Alice and Olivia clothing.
0: Amazing. Good. You got to get high on your own supply. Well, yeah, Um, I feel like
3: if you're not wearing what you're making, like you need to stand for what your brand is. And I also won't ever put anything in my stores or sell anything that I'm not proud of and that I don't want to wear.
0: By the way... That takes a lot that I bet you've left a lot on the cutting room floor.
3: Yeah, there are things where I'm just like, listen, we're not going to do that. Like, it's not working. We'll use the fabric for something else. We'll figure it out. But it's like you wouldn't put a skinny girl cocktail out there if you didn't like the taste. You know, it's like you have right. to stand behind what you do. And, and that creates a certain level of authentic, authenticity to, to any brand
0: you started your business with a partner, which I didn't know until I read. See, for people listening, I've known Stacy for years. I met her like during just when we all used to those going out years. And I remember with Andrew and you were doing your cookies and like, wait, you remember that? Uh, yeah, I was doing I had wheat, egg and dairy free cookies, which by the way, you know, is way ahead of its time to be a natural. Food crazy. Chef it was like all those yep. years ago. And you were doing Ashtanga yoga. And I was too, a long time before yoga was cool. And Even before, I don't even know if Andrew had invested in you yet. It was, we went out to brunch with some group of people, like, party-type, like, club-type cool, fashionable people in Chelsea, and I don't know who invited me, but I sat there and I remember meeting you and us talking and liking you. I mean, I just sort of, you've just been, like, circling my world in different ways for years, decades, right? Yeah. So, well, I
3: started when I was 22, almost 20 years ago, and... You know, it's been such a journey. But Andrew's been my partner really since the beginning. I mean, he partnered with me within the first few
0: months. When I launched, we were already partners. Oh, okay. So, so maybe – but I might have met you before you launched. I don't actually know because I didn't know about the pants or anything. No, because I think I met you with Andrew. Andrew like your dad was friends with him. Yes, no, we're talking about Andrew Rosen who is behind so many incredible brands. He's, you know, he's he's the brains behind many brands. Uh I, I don't even know all of them. Theory and I call him like American fashion's godfather. Yeah, he's a he's a fashion guy and I know him because my father was a racehorse trainer and um he used to, I think, tra- train horses for Andrew, and Andrew's very involved in the, the horse racing business. But it doesn't matter where we met, but I didn't know that then. No, I met you, like, with a group of people the day af- the night after, like, a club night. And you might not even remember because you were down the other end, but I just remember you being this fashionable, cute thing. And then later I read about the pants. I didn't know about anything okay. at that
3: time. I was just like, hey, you know, and, and my attitude when I was, you know, Uh, you know, just starting out was sort of like work hard and get it done. And it wasn't about, you know, money or who owned what or anything. And, you know, I think I always am so grateful that I've had Andrew by my side through all this because, you know, he's helped navigate a lot of the things that you know are not my first thought you know like now i know mm-hmm. when i'm doing a deal now with I anyone know. you know you you think differently but when you're young i was like what who cares let's just make this let's just go let's just make it successful um and i think that like optimism and positivity has always been like what's gotten me really far but i think for every creative person whose real talent is creating and building you need that business person by your side that is you know, making sure that that all monetizes. And I was really fortunate to, you know, have Andrew as a best friend, mentor, and partner since, since I was, you know, 22 or 23 years
0: old. Well, you need to know who you are, what your skill set is, what, and you need to know what you don't know. And like you, when I was baking cookies and had Bethany Bakes, I didn't, Know what anything meant. I mean, I couldn't afford a lawyer, so you couldn't afford all that you need. So you, ha- you know, now you have people have the internet and Zoom legal and can figure things out online. But you have to do that early because the mistakes that you make early can haunt you later. I've talked about restaurateurs that have literally lost their own name to other people. Uh, you have a brand that is named partially someone in your family, so you know I- I'm sure that that wasn't a fun. Uh, experience, but thankfully it happened when you were young. Like the mistakes now would be multi-million dollar mistakes. Then they weren't. And, you know, along the way you make mistakes. I mean, there was a
3: moment where we had to like buy our name back in China, you know, like there's all kinds yep. of things that you, you learn along the way. But I think that, you know, your success as an entrepreneur comes from learning on those mistakes and not dwelling on them, but instead, building off your success and making that even better, right? Like you can, you can dwell on every mistake and you know, what money you might've made if you had done something differently, or you can look at what you're doing well and start there and sort of like take this positive psychology approach to your entrepreneurialism. Right. So yes,
0: yes. It's the cost of doing business. There will be mistakes. You're trying to mitigate them. And you're building your own case law because every mistake that you make, you're not making that mistake again. So it's sort of like your own case law where you remember back to that other thing and that's how you become a smarter entrepreneur. Totally. And again, I was lucky to
3: have someone with a lot of experience by my side, you know, to navigate things that, you know, even he had done incorrectly and wanted to do differently the next time around. So, and I hope that at some point I start to pass that off to, you know, other brands that I invest in where I can help them navigate things that, you know, I know worked or didn't work. Um, yeah. So it's, it's all kind of, you know, you look at, you know, kind of, and and you're the same way, like you can look back at what you've built and, you know, when you started, whether it was cookies. I mean, I made websites before I started clothes, like, and you look at kind of where you've gotten. And I think um, teaching people about that path is so important because I think as a young person, it can be really overwhelming. And I think, you know, the best advice I always give to entrepreneurs is one, do what you love and make that your work. If you can find something you love, whether it's baking or cooking or cocktail making or, you know, designing, and you turn that into your job, if you can turn your passion, passion into your job, you're going to find success. I mean, I think beyond that, like, You know, when I I launched Creatively last year, right? It's a job platform for creatives. It's a it's a new type of what I'd call a professional network as opposed to a social network where it's the place for you to share your work world. It's not about your kids and your nights out drinking. It's literally the portfolios and creativity that you present in your work world. It's kind of like LinkedIn for creatives, but it's very visual, like an Instagram. And my partners there, like amazing human beings
0: who I will be partners with for. the next, you know, ten or fifteen or twenty years. Sometimes someone's tied to. I was in a business with somebody, and the name is Skinny Girl. I owned the name, but we created the logo of the girl together, and so we so so we owned her together. So when I ended up selling the cocktail portion, that was really the reason why I sold the cocktail portion of the business because that he got he made tens of millions of dollars and. Gave me, I got back the girl. So you know how important this IP stuff is. The most complicated thing I think we've ever had to do
3: was getting our, um, you know, our, our ownership of our name in Asia because it was like the Wild West. Like there are no rules. There's nothing. Right. Like someone just says they own your name and like you need to negotiate until you get it back. I mean, that was, not simple, but also like not sure exactly what I could have done differently. Cause it was just a time where like, if you had a brand that was growing and successful, there were people there that were just buying the rights to that name before you could, right?
0: Well, for people listening in the U.S., usage, like, you can't buy a name and just hold on to it forever without intent to use. So if you register something, you have to have actual intent to use, prove that you're using it, commerce, et cetera. In Asia, you just buy something and then you own it. So I could just be like, oh, that girl launched Alice and Olivia, I'm going to buy that because she seems like she makes cute pants. So that's where it gets scary and that's what Stacey's talking about. And that's the type of stuff that probably... You know, that's the type of stuff that's good to talk to other people. You have Andrew, but that's why I do this podcast and ask these questions that aren't that sexy because people want to know how to do it and they might not have a lot of money and they, they, they learn from these stories. I think
3: the other like really great advice to to make people sort of consider and think about is, you know, really be honest with yourself about what you're good at. And what part of, like, no one runs every part of a business, right? Like, there are always going to be things that you need to hire people for, and you want to hire people that are better than you. So, yes. like, are you really the financial arm of the business? Are you really the creative arm of the business? Are you really the, you know, visual arm? Whatever it is, like, you know, you you have to think about, you know, where both your passion lie and where your talent lies. And then you know, it doesn't mean because you're not good at something that you're not going to be successful. It means you have to acknowledge that and figure out who's going to be better than you are to help you get to where you want to go.
0: Um, right. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're the dumbest person in the room.
3: Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like hire people who are better than you to do the things that, you know, are not the best allocation of your time. So, you know, maybe you make The little,
0: Yeah. It's not even necessarily weeds. Sometimes it's big stuff. Oh, but it's weeds to you. You have to design. You have to be, if you're bogged down in weeds, you're not being creative and you're bogged. And that's my whole life is weeds. So I'm saying it, it, it's big stuff, but it becomes weeds for the person who needs to make it rain. Yes. When you put the right
3: people in place and team build in a way that you you know, really have this sort of almost like, you know, three branches of government, right? You've got someone running creative, someone running like sales and someone running like finance and operations. You can start to really build a successful team
0: in almost any business. And I will say she's right because it's the thing that I struggle with. It's the thing that I can't get out. It's hard for me to get out of being the talent and being the CEO. I, you know, and it's hard to find the right people. You have to build one brick at a time. You can't just throw five people in the room. People don't work. You have to get them out and you have to take that time and everybody else suffers. The team suffers while you wait to get the next person. It's it's one of the hardest things building a team. It is hard. Are you a perfectionist? Uh, are you a workaholic? Yes.
3: Um, I think, you know, my my husband jokes about this because, you know, I can't help but walk into a space and see everything that's wrong and what needs to be fixed But it's also, and it's the same thing with a a dress or a pant or anything I'm looking at. Like my eye goes right to like what needs to be like slightly tweaked to make it better. And, you know, I think that's what probably makes me really good at what I do. You know, whether it's an event space, whether it's a store design, whether it's a piece of clothing, I'm always like, oh, that could be just like a little bit better if we, you know, did this or move this or change that. And yeah, I mean, I am a workaholic, but it's weird because I feel like my life is my work and my work is my life. Um, I'm also a mamaholic, you know, but I feel like my kids are now at an age where they're pretty independent and, you know, I can, you know, let them kind of be on their own while I am working. But, um, you know, the pandemic was really hard because all of a sudden I felt this balance and you probably felt the same thing that I had between, you know, kind of being able to work while my kids were at school and, you know, being home for them at night, like everything became totally disrupted. And I was like, oh my God, here I am like trying to work and I've got three kids running in and out and it was
0: chaos. I am the same. I can't unsee anything at all times. It's debilitating. It's just, it, it has to be, it's the small stuff. It has to all be perfect. So that's, I, I recognize that it's not going to change. So let's just all deal with it. I am also a momaholic, but I don't go out. I'm like an agoraphobic almost. I'm a homebody to the nth degree. So for me, the pandemic was the same as everything else. You know, it's like a problem for me. So we, we're opposites in many ways, but similar. Well, will you like go in, out
3: in, for dinner or you won't even do that?
0: Yeah, but I would never put makeup on like ever like to go out for dinner with Paul I would just put some lip gloss on and you know put a cute outfit on but so I need to just come
3: over and have a no makeup fashion show with you
0: yeah I think so
4: So do what you can to help join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store.
2: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to
0: hire. Poricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I be strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Barriqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a -a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. So what is your strategy? Like, how far are you going? You're taking this all the way. You have an incredible partner. Um, What's the end game in your mind? You know, it's weird. Like every, for a while, I felt
3: like the whole industry, it was like growth, 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 bigger, bigger, bigger. And then like during the pandemic, it was like all of a sudden things had to be smaller. You had no choice. And I was kind of like, okay, like let's stop, you know, sort of judging ourselves on how much we grow each year and start judging things on how profitable we are and how proud we are of what we're making. And I feel like that's like a nicer way to live. Like it's not like, Oh my God, you know, and it's, it's not like I have to like grow, you know, 20% every year or whatever. I'm like, Oh, we can just have like, Oh, you know, be proud of what we're making and what we're doing. And, you know, sort of our growth can come from what makes sense, you know, like during the pandemic didn't make sense to open any new stores right now. It does. So we will. So I don't have this like, constant, you know, like, I'm going to grow this amount per year. I'm kind of like, hey, what makes sense for the brand? And what opportunities do we see? And I think the best, um, you know, sort of the best decisions I've made in terms of the growth of the brand have been kind of looking at opportunities Um, that I felt like were, were necessary in the world for the women in our world. And, you know, at one point I started making gowns. At one point I started, you know, a workwear collection. And I guess right now our growth is really around Asia, right? So there's obviously like numbers that present themselves with that of how much we're growing. But where I'm really excited about growth is in The ability to kind of like, I think so many people like you have become more homebodies during this and the world opened up and they're still kind of like, wait, I kind of like my world at home. And we've created, um, a sort of video platform where we bring the energy and happiness and, you know, sort of, uh, culture of our stores into your home. So we're doing all this kind of live video, um, sort of event. Uh, small event shopping, that's going to be, I think, the future. You know, it's kind of like HSN, but every brand can do it on their own. Um, But in a really personal kind of like exclusive um, VIP way. So I'm really excited about that growth. I don't put numbers to things. That's not how my brain works. I'm just like, wow, there's a really huge opportunity for us to create the strong, You know, sort of culture and and loyalty we have with customers all over the US, all over the world with this technology.
0: Well, you're saying that you don't have the grand plan, but you do what you're passionate about and where you see fish and the ideas. I want to launch beauty. I'm going
3: to probably do some sort of not shapewear, but like actual lingerie. Like I have things that I'm going to do over the next few years. I just don't think of that in terms of like, I'm going to be at 300 million. I'm going to be at 500 million. I'm more like these are, you know, this is what I want to do with the brand over the next few years. So like over this year, it's really this, you know, sort of expansion of our video platform concept, concept and video platform retail culture. And then go, which I think is the future of all retail. And going from there, it'll be certain categories that I feel like our customer would really appreciate from us.
0: You're not selling clothing. I mean, you're selling. Uh, you're selling your creativity and an idea and a lifestyle and a brand. I mean, you have a very strong brand. It is very identifiable. It is. A, I mean, there are brands that are doing a billion dollars a year that may not even have as identifiable a brand. And to me, that it's like a, like your brand is a flagship store. If you told me you had 200 stores versus 38, I would believe you because it's a strong brand.
3: Well, we don't forget. We have, we have 40 of our own stores, but we sell in over 800 points of sale. So
0: right. we have shops. If you I, told me that was 10,000, I would believe you though, is what I'm saying. Like it's a very strong brand. You guys are quality versus quantity, not meaning you have a lot of quantity, but you're very focused.
3: Okay. Like it's not that I'm not still growing the clothing business. We are, I'm just like, right. not like saying, Oh, I have to open 10 more stores this year. I'm like, Hey, like yeah. actually we can grow a like very, you know, impressive amount in the locations that we have,
0: like using technology. Horizontally. Yeah. Versus like really plant having the roots grow deeper. Yeah. And also you can't expand too quickly and the product suffers. Like that's, you always are protecting the realm. I think we're
3: if we're in a world where you just keep growing your clothing brand by starting like more lines and more lines and more lines, you dilute and you can name several mm-hmm. like American brands that have done that and it's really hurt them. I'm like, hey- let's keep this, you know, at a, you know, kind of, you can grow it a little bit deeper, but not wider. And, you know, we can also do X, Y, and Z for, you know, what really the next generation is. And I do, I agree. I mean, I'm not to like toot my own horn, but I think there are very few contemporary brands that have the brand awareness and brand loyalty and, um, you know, and, and, you know, just vision to really dive into categories outside of clothing
0: um, but I think we really are able to do that. And have sustained. We've seen brands that were so in and so popular that have died. I mean, you've been th- here for decades. I call that what? the, like, Instagram fashion curve. It's, like, anything can look like it's huge and, like,
3: blow right. up. And you'll see these brands pop up, and they're all over Instagram and on everyone. And, what, and then, like, the next year they're gone. To me, it's a little bit more of a, like, slow and steady wins the race versus, like, this explosive one-hit wonder.
0: I have a similar business. Honestly, there are categories. My salad dressings just uh, are up significantly during the pandemic, but they've been just growing, you know, inch by inch every year. Same thing with the shapewear. Can you it's bring just, the cookies or, back? Can I? I would love to bring the cookies back. It's a perishable item. It's not as easy, but I will bring the I would like to bring the cookies back. I'd like to bring the whole baked goods. Is there back. a way yeah, to I'll package them now that they can come back? They'll never taste as good and they'll be like in the box. And But I've talked about doing some sort of cookie, but it wouldn't make you happy. But so who influenced you in this way to be have such a strong work ethic, to understand, to stay the course, and to just be a worker? I mean, you do not have to work. I like working. And yeah. I've always
3: sort of felt that, listen, and I and I try to teach this to my kids too. I'm like, there's always going to be someone better. There will always be someone who's, prettier or smarter or richer or more successful. I was like, but there's one thing that you can always tell yourself and use this to judge how you feel about what you've done. And that's how hard you work. And you can be the hardest worker. That is something that like no one can take from you. And when you know that you are doing everything you can to succeed and working your hardest, like no one can take that away from you, you know? And 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 at the end of the day, hard work pays off, you know, like you can get lucky, you can be a star for a moment, you can, you know, have a shit here and there doing something. But when you really like put your mind to something and work hard, it pays off.
0: And I take a lot of pride, pride in of, that, yeah, yeah. Pride of ownership, pride of building, pride of pride of seeing something grow.
3: Yeah, but also like I'm not like happy just like sitting around doing nothing all day. Like some people think of that as success. Like I think of success is having this amazing office and these amazing teams that I get to work with and be inspired by and build things with. I like to build things. I like to make things. I like to create
0: yeah and I think also you know I think of each brand category that I have as a as a different stage of child. so you have babies, you have college students that are off just doing their own thing and 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 you have to check in on them, but but they basically run themselves, you know and it's it sounds like what you're talking about you know you you it's pride of just building something it is there is something to absolutely be said for that and i I, I love that also. what's your favorite um,
3: brand to work on
0: this? The podcast, I have another one coming. We're working it out now, like, and more to come. Like, this is, this is my dream. And not just because I'm sitting at home in in pajamas, because I'm (laughs) learning. So, um, this is just to learn here. Some
3: people work to live, other people live to work.
0: Right. Are you insanely busy? Is there a balance to it? And I know that you love it, but I'm just saying, like, do you ever... Yeah, sometimes
3: of the year. I mean, right now it's crazy. Like, we're moving into a new apartment. You know, our kids, we just came back here from Malibu. Our kids are back in school. Um, But I feel like I'm... You know, I think you do this too. Like, I like to make lists. And I like to... um, You know, I think once I feel like everyone's got a rhythm and a schedule, it doesn't feel stressful. Like, the chaos for me and the stressfulness for me comes when you know, there's sort of just like disorganization. And if I can just Same. get everyone on a schedule, I feel like, you know, pretty calm.
0: Yeah. If the boxes are being checked, you feel calm. Are you very organized? I'm no,
3: like, like my desk is always a mess. I'm not like that. Oh kind no, of, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's just stuff. I'm
3: like, I need that there. I need that there. But I always have like two Virgo assistants who are, cause I like everything super organized. But I and I like things to be like aesthetically beautiful in a space, but I can be a little all over the place.
0: Oh, that's funny. I you're an artist. I could see that. I'm the opposite. There's nothing anywhere out of place. Like, Nothing. Not a. I single need someone to do that for me. Like it's almost like my
3: foundation. Like I'm like I need someone to come in and like organize that closet and, and like organize my desk. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like so, I need that, and I recognize that I need that. But I'm not like left to my own devices. I'm like, where what, what, like it's like there's stuff everywhere.
0: That's amazing. What about um? Well, yeah, but I don't think you can be a true artist and be as ornery as I am. Um, and about successful relationship. So. Um, what is your definition of a successful relationship? You've been with your husband for how long?
3: Oh, my God. We've been together for probably 16 years and married for 13 years.
0: Okay. So what are some of the tools, you know, do you give each other the space that you need or are you, you know, really codependent? Like everyone has their own different formula.
3: We're like, we're pretty independent. Like if he, you know, has to come and go and travel, like I'm good. Cause I'm like a little more of a cat. You know, I think people are cats and dogs, right? Like, are you a cat Mm -hmm. or a dog? I'm a cat. Like I'm all good by myself. So I think for us, And I think one of the things – well, there have been a couple things I guess I've learned that are, you know, important in marriage. And, you know, I think one, you know, just like any business that you have, a marriage takes work. You have to Mm -hmm. grow it. It's a plant that needs to be watered. It's a tree that needs to grow and it doesn't grow on its own. Like it requires both people to treat it like a baby, treat it like Mm -hmm. a business. And if you don't do that, you know – like you know you're you're going to miss those numbers right like so it doesn't succeed i it agree it doesn't succeed and so i think eric and i have been real i think he's been you know very supportive of me over the years and i think we're we're good at working through problems together but i think the most the best advice i give to people in relationships is you know you have to recognize who you married, you know, maybe you're going to change 10% of that person, but you've got to really recognize who they are and not every day try to, you know, resent them for and change them into something you want them to be. And Mm -hmm. people change in relationships, right? And you might change and all of a sudden certain things aren't acceptable to you anymore or whatever, but like you can't judge the other person for not being where you are.
0: And you have to work on yourself. You're not working on them. Like, let them work on themselves. You work on yourself. And then
3: you work on things together, right? But the, mm-hmm. the best advice I can give is never react to what you're upset about during a moment of anger, right? Like, if you're really angry and you go and you're like, I don't want you to do this. I don't know. It's like, i rather, like, check that thought And wait till a moment where things are really good and present it like at that time, like, hey, you know, the other night when I was really upset, but like do that from a place of positivity versus a place of anger and emotion. And it allows you, whether that's in business or at home, it really allows you to kind of come at the problem from like a positive place and 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 really solve the problem with intention versus
0: emotion. It's true. And that sounds like you don't really like fight. Like Paul and I we'll snipe. I'll get snippy. In one day and just you get a dumb fight about something that doesn't matter. And then I we pull back. I don't know how we have this skill. Feels like maturity. It's just fighting is not worth it. You know, you're with this person. They're on your team. And sometimes you just want to be aggravated at somebody and they're the nearest person to take the hit, you know. And I agree with you. In that moment, it's not about a kitchen sinking and bringing everything up. And just I like that advice. It's just it's but but it doesn't mean that fighting is bad, but people do. I never go low blow. I never say anything that I would want to take back. back, That's just But it's it's really
3: about taking, you know, acknowledging what you're upset about and why, but discussing that at the right time versus the wrong time. The wrong time is when you're angry, you're in a bad mood, the other person's in a bad mood, like then you get a fight, right? Versus, hey, you know, I really want to change this. I really don't like this. I don't, you know, and and then coming at it in a in a moment of calm versus like a moment of emotion.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. The people around you you've had for so many years. I'm just thinking about that. That's the thing that I really am just the most impressed by that you've had the same partner from the beginning and the same partner in your uh, personal life. It sounds like you're very grounded. You have your team. Like, that's what gives you, it doesn't matter how much chaos is going around you. you have your team at work. You have a well-oiled machine at work and you have a well-oiled machine at home. I try. And I'm, I think, I'm loyal. Yeah. You're loyal, but there's a foundation and you've built that and I, that, that's taken step so i that's my biggest takeaway and am i my I, I i
3: listen when my kids were little i mean i must have had 75 nannies so there's always like a place and i and i remember being like why why can't i figure this out you know it was like constant chaos my caregivers also, thank God, have all been with me for a long time and I'm hugely appreciative of them. But there was definitely a period where like I couldn't, you know, it was like I I, I wasn't like that. You know, I was like, I don't know why I keep having a new assistant. I don't know why I keep having to that. And then, you know, you learn you've got to like really just when you when you find the right people, you know, you have to think of them as they're part of your family.
0: Yeah, I think either I just you just reminded me of that. You had an assistant of mine or I had one of yours. Somebody came from you to me or one of you called me about somebody or I called you about somebody. I don't remember. I know, we had I remember that, st- that too. Well,
3: I have, I mean, I have uh, three assistants in my office, like they, they, who do different things. But like sometimes my, my main assistant has been with me forever. My, you know, sometimes my other two assistants will like go and like work in other parts of the company. So that's, yeah. like, that's what I like is when they're like have, you know, they're like, well, you know, they're my, they're my number two for a couple of years and then they go work in event planning or they go work in our creative services department in, or they have a passion, and they're able to kind of, you know, you, you know, enter our sort of infrastructure here, and then end up taking that into, you know, the next stage in their career. So,
0: well, two last business questions, and then I'm going to let you go. How many employees are there? You have all these departments. This is a real major it's a real company. You have. Well, no, I know that, but you, wow. Yeah, we Great have about services. 300
3: employees. So. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Good for you. Okay. What percentage of partnership are you with Andrew? And if I'm not allowed to ask that, I don't know if that's public information. We're 50-50 partners. You are? Yeah. That's awesome. For 20 that's years. That's great. Tw- isn't that crazy? That's amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's right. Re- and you don't have any intention to sell. You guys like having the business or you just haven't thought about that. I mean,
3: like, at some point, like, we've talked about things of, like, you know, incubating other brands here. and Maybe we do that with partners and that kind of stuff. But I'm not ready to retire
0: yet, so I think I'm good. All right, good. All right, well, I guess that's a good place to end. It was amazing. Oh, no, no, it's not. Your rose and thorn. My rose just kind of brand building and making women feel beautiful every
3: day. You know, I mean, I love what I get to do. I love when I see women in my clothes and they're so excited about a dress they wore, new pair of pants they got, or, you know, going on a job interview in one of our suits. Like I love that I'm able to be a part of really special moments in women's lives.
0: Well, you know, I'm not a hoarder. I keep, I don't keep things and I have pieces of yours And, you know, the brand has a whimsical look, right? But there are very many classic pieces. I have that coat. I don't know. It had like a black texture with the big furry cuffs and the big furry color. I don't even know if it was on the line, if it was a sample, but you guys sent me this coat and I still have it. And it's such a glamorous coat. I have a white faux fur coat that goes to the knee that I still wear all the time. And that's sort of like latin looking long like tassel-y skirt with the multi oh i love that i remember i know that. and and the other one that has like a snake print on that has that half top that goes with it. i really have kept a lot of your stuff i have to say and that's are you gonna not do very, a fashion you know, show
3: for me later
0: Oh, I will. I'm going to show you my stuff. I'm going to bring it out and, tech, and so, show you everything. I have I've, I've a decent amount of your stuff, especially. So anyway, just thought you should know that. I, like, you. I like your product thank a lot. You, thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you for doing the show. Um, I love this. And people can learn and grow their own business from your story. So it's really inspiring. All right. Bye, Bethany. Bye, Stacey. Have a great day. So that's Stacey Bendit. I've known her for years. We both don't even remember how we met. She thinks it's one way. I think it's another. It could be who the hell even knows. But she's a doll. Like she looks like a doll. She dresses up like a doll. She is nice. We respect each other. We're both businesswomen. Stacey has built a business to be proud of, a legitimate brand. It speaks to women. It's female. It's flirty. It's strong. It's evolved. Uh, Stacey Bennett's awesome. She's a great mom, great wife, great person, great friend. I'm just happy to know her. And I'm really happy that she agreed to do the podcast. She's very busy and she doesn't have the thirst for attention that other people do. So I like that. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.